Welcome to Cascade Connects, a podcast focusing on the people and events in the Cascade Collegiate Conference. Here is your host, CCC Commissioner Robert Cashel. Welcome to Cascade Connects. I'm your host, Rob Cashel, and I am joined by Samantha Silver from Bushnell University. Uh, Sam, thank you for joining the podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Well, Sam, uh, this is a, a, I've been looking forward to this podcast for a while because um, just all of the great things that you've done, not, not only athletically, but uh, in your academic career and in your service career. Um, but I want to talk first about your athletic career. You've, uh, you've culminated your playing career at Bushnell in softball, and you were a utility player uh, at Bushnell for three years. Prior to that, you were at Western Washington for uh, playing for one year and then had an injury. But talk a little bit about um, your time at Western Washington and how you found your way to Bushnell. Yeah, of course. Um, so freshman year, I was recruited kind of late in the game. Um, I had kind of luck of the draw knowing Amy Suter and she saw some potential in me and I was supposed to red shirt my freshman year. Um, but due to just some circumstances with girls getting in trouble and stuff, I was able to have the opportunity to battle for a spot in the field and ended up playing third base my freshman year. Sophomore year, Amy ended up leaving and we got a new coach, Cheryl. Um, she was great. Uh, it was awesome just to kind of kind of deal with uh, that kind of change between coaches. It doesn't doesn't happen often, I'd like to say, but it happens more than I thought it would. Um, and so kind of dealing with that, and then I was gung-ho, ready to play my sophomore year, and then ended up getting a long thoracic nerve injury. So I had, like, no use of my right arm, and what they didn't tell me was that I wasn't going to get it back or they thought I wasn't going to get it back. Um, but I believe in like the power of prayer and I was not going to let that stop me. And so I worked really hard at rehab and was able to come back in the fall. Uh, come fall, uh, we had a lot of recruits come in, a lot of transfers come in and we had a pretty big roster and um, ended up staying back my junior year and was kind of held back a little bit and, Cheryl told me that she wanted me to kind of help shape the freshmen and the other girls that were staying behind. And so I was, um, when they were traveling for the first couple of weeks, I was staying behind working with all the younger girls and everything. Um, and then COVID hit and um, in our exit meeting, she just said, was very honest with me and said that she would like me to stay and um, be kind of like a grad assistant coach and that she loves my IQ for the game, but didn't see me uh, in the field a lot just because of the growth that she brought in. And so I entered the transfer portal and wanted to kind of look and see if I could get picked up again. It was kind of scary going back into that recruiting process of like, does anybody else want me? Um, so I ended up going back to Amy, called her and said, hey, I'm entering the transfer portal. Do you think I can still play or do you think anybody would want me? And she told me that I had years left. And I was like, okay. And uh, She actually got me into contact with Katie Durrell, who was the coach at Bushnell at the time. Um, and she set up a virtual visit because of COVID. And I got to meet with Sarah Freeman virtually, got a virtual tour of the campus, which is a little different. 
um, than in person, but it was awesome to see the change because I came from a very big school and I was like, this school is a block in size and my school was like miles wide. <laughs> so um, I was kind of curious how that was going to be and um, what the academics were going to be like. And But after my meeting with Sarah, I just had this piece about like, this is where I was supposed to go. Um, so I made my transfer to Bushnell and spent the rest of my softball career there. Yeah, you mentioned, uh, you know, go, coming from a, a larger school, Western Washington, uh, to Bushnell, which you're right, the campus itself is small, uh, very intimate, and, and which has that charm about it, right? Uh, Absolutely. You get, to, you get to work directly with, with your professor. There's a lot of wonderful things about that. However, it is right across the street from University of Oregon. Um, exactly. So that, that probably was a, a unique experience. Uh, unique transition time for you yeah it was interesting because I was on a small campus but I also had like the big campus feel um you got to like literally cross the street and we were in the University of Oregon um softball we worked the University of Oregon football games so I got to go to football games again missed going to football games um but yeah so it was it was different um being kind of a part of two different communities um but yeah and and uh katie ended up leaving uh bushnell and so you had another coaching change and and with coach patrick and uh, yes. talk about that change you you know again a lot of really just kind of relying on on uh faith if you will and kind of feeling good yeah. about where you were where you were at yeah um it was tough because Transferring already adds a lot. Um, mentally, you're battling, like, am I going to fit in with the team? Am I going to be a part of the team? Do I have a chance to start? Um, who is there? I don't know anybody. Um, and coming in, I built that rapport with Katie and felt like I had really created a spot for myself that first year. And then one day after practice, she told us she was leaving. And that was tough because it was like, man, felt like I was going through this like almost deja vu moment of like, man, I got to start all over again. And so that was really tough and um, had to battle a lot of like mental adversity with myself um, and just more so facing the fear of like, how am I going to get past this kind of thing? Um, and the nice thing was, we had coach Jim and coach Megan who ended up being like co-head coaches that year. So we didn't get new coaches per se. We had people who knew us. And so it kind of helped build up that confidence. Again, I was like, they know who I am. They know how I play. They know I'm going to run through a brick wall to get whatever ball to hit. Um, they believe in me. And so it was like a reset button was hit. And I was like, okay, I can do this. Um, and then the end of the year, because uh, the whole year we were like, are they going to stay for next year? Are they going to stay for next year? And Corey surprised us at our exit meeting and was like, Coach Jim has been officially hired as the head coach for next season. And we were all like, yay. And um, so we got them again. Coach Megan ended up being the pitching coach for my final year before she left this year. So it, was, it felt like uh, the end was kind of wrapped up nice and pretty a little bit. Yeah. 
Yeah, for sure. And and as you mentioned, you you had the adversity early of the injury, but then really had um, I think three productive years at Bushnell, and and I don't think you had uh, suffered any major injuries in your in your years at Bushnell, did you? I did actually. You did okay. Um, yeah, uh, we were uh, so not last year, but the year before, we were playing St. Martin's. And I was pitching and my knee gave out and I just had a lot of pain. Um, and I felt like kind of a pop and a pull. And I was like, oh my gosh, like that's it. My career is over. It's like anything happens to your knee and you think it's an ACL. And the trainer at St. Martin's told me that she thought I'd blown out my knee. And so like my knee was super swollen. We wrapped it and I was convinced it was the end of my season, but Bree Dixon, she was our trainer at the time, and uh, she actually ended up going to the University of Oregon. But she said, we're going to start rehab now, and we're going to get you back as soon as we can. Um, and so we started rehab. I was in so much pain. Like, I couldn't walk and couldn't, like, it didn't want her to touch me. I didn't want anything, but tried to grit through uh, to get as much rehab in as possible because I wanted to get back on the field as soon as possible. And about a week into rehab, she said, I'm going to try something. Something doesn't look quite right. Um, and she was messing around and she slid my kneecap back into place. I had uh, subluxed my kneecap out of place um, and it had been out of place the whole time. And that's why I had been in so much pain. And so she put it back and I was able to rehab within two weeks. I missed our Southern Oregon games and then came back the following week. I had ease back in so I pitched like a couple innings and then was able to go 100% the third week back in so wow yeah, yeah. that's incredible that, that's probably why I didn't think you had anything else major you you were only out a, a short period of time uh yeah but yeah Bree and I remember Bree as your trainer and then obviously mm -hmm. Guillermo is fantastic yeah. and, and you guys have a wonderful training staff down there Absolutely. Guy, last year I had same thing happen to my left knee. I was running through first and like hyperextended it. Um, we thought I had torn my meniscus and uh, just ended up subluxing my knee again. Uh, so I ended up subluxing both my kneecaps and I went to Guy and I was like, I'm in a lot of pain, but I only have a couple of weeks left. And he's like, I'll do what I can to get you through. And he's like, normally I wouldn't do this though if you weren't a senior. And I was like, I know. And but he he did everything he could to get me to finish and so i was taped up like had ice and icy hot all the stuff to make my knees feel numb and then i had knee braces on both sides and that's how i finished out the season wow well in addition to your uh, athletic uh, career which has been really phenomenal uh all the adversity that you've had and and the injuries and coaching changes and everything equally as impressive has been your academic career, which I want to talk about. And then also the program you started at uh, at Bushnell for mental health for student athletes, as well as uh, some of the major awards that you've won that we'll talk about. But uh, just to kind of talk a little bit about your academic uh, academic career, you already have your bachelor's degree in communications. You were named the top student coming out of that program at Bushnell. Uh, you're a Cascade Conference Academic All-Conference Award winner. You're an NAIA DAC 
Dactronics uh, Academic All-American. Um, so you've really done some amazing things and you're currently in your master's program studying uh, clinical mental health counseling. Tell, yeah. tell us about your tell us about your master's program at, at Bushnell uh, and, and really what's involved in, in that. Gosh, it's amazing. Um, we're uh, one of the few schools that has an on-site clinic um, at our school. And so we get to do a lot of our supervision and our um, clientele hours through Bushnell, um, through our own clinic. And so it's really nice, especially for someone like me who doesn't really have like a family of my own yet. And um, I just have like a lot of time on my hands. I can just um, get my client hours in at the clinic and be kind of like at my home base instead of having to go and find somewhere else. Um, and there's all of our supervisors uh, build into us each individually. It's not set like uh, this is an umbrella of a master's program. They really focus on all of our strengths. And um, like, for instance, I decided I wanted to work with student athletes and I wanted to work with uh, younger aged kids and their family with like more behavioral problems and use cognitive behavioral therapy. And so now that I know my focus, they're working to get me clients that are underneath that focus so that I can practice that um, with the supervision that they offer. Um, and they've just given me the platform. You mentioned the program that I started. I was able to kick off last year with a vision and call grant a uh, student athlete mental health counseling program where all of our teams have a team counselor from the clinic, um, which is cool because I get to help support kind of multiple programs at once um, that I really care about. And so started that program last year and then was able to get some funding approved to have it continue on this year and be cemented into uh, Bushnell University. So we now have a permanent student athlete mental health counseling program with a coordinating role. And I took on the coordinating role this year, and I have a vision and call intern again. His name is Nate, and I'm kind of just prepping him to take over that role um, in the off chance that I leave or um, they have it as like a GA position again next year. But um, my biggest focus was to make sure that our athletes were supported. I kept seeing in my senior year of undergrad, which was like my junior year of softball, um, I kept seeing all these stories of um, athletes that had taken their lives and the shock that the school faced and the shock that the teams and coaches faced. And I just couldn't help but think, well, what if they had somebody that was there that they knew had their back and they knew as like part of a team had been on the field, um, had seen them at their high, had seen them at their low and was able to kind of see, oh, this isn't quite right. Um, but wasn't having other athletes to focus on like coaches where they've got 20 plus athletes that they're looking at at a time. And um, so I was like, let's try to put somebody there that is trained in looking for these things that change um, so that we can maybe stop that from happening at my school. Um, and then the hope is, that eventually it goes to the CCC, the NAIA, the NCAA, and at every level um, that they have some type of student athlete mental health counseling program. It doesn't necessarily have to be the one I created, but I just want 
the athletes to know that there's somebody there that's supporting them and cares about them um, and that they're not alone because sometimes they can feel that way, especially during competition. Yeah, you, you mentioned the mental health part of being a student athlete and, and that is so uh, prevalent right now and really at the forefront of a lot of national conversations and league conversations. And and tell me a little bit about how how did that focus for you really come to the surface for you where you wanted to uh, continue that conversation and, and bring more focus to that, not only on your own campus, but really what's happening is is nationally as well. Well, I guess part of it connects to like my story too, because I remember when I got hurt, prime example, um, and it took me out for the year, I was like, that's it. Like, I don't even know who I am anymore because my identity was so focused on Sam, the softball player, instead of realizing I'm Samantha Silver regardless. And so um, my biggest purpose behind it was making sure athletes knew that they had a purpose outside of being an athlete. Um, and that they were more than what the sport told them they were, um, especially because in all of our sports, there's failure. And sometimes that failure can drown you a little bit. And so I wanted to focus on just kind of providing that opportunity. And so I was like, I'm a big dreamer. And so I was like, go big or go home kind of thing and um, put it to paper wrote it out what the ideal look would be, started with my capstone in my undergrad, uh, Doyle Strader, he was my senior advisor and he helped me kind of shape it into something that could be tangible in the future. Um, and so once I had that kind of rough idea and found out I got the vision call internship, I was like, how far can I get this this year? Um, and I had people tell me, oh, you're only going to get like one team. Like, it's okay if we only get one team covered. And I was like, no, it's not though, because you can't have one team having all this support and then leave out the rest of them. We got 17 sports teams here with the mm -hmm. boys and girls. You can't leave out one or the other. Um, and so I was like, if I'm going to do this, I have to make sure every team has somebody. Um, and so that was the goal. Um, and there were some people, some teams that fell through sometimes, but I would get somebody to pick them up eventually. Um, and then this year, I was kind of able to step into that role myself. And so I was able to become a team counselor and work with uh, different teams. And so I'm super excited to be in that role. And then I'm also able to like oversee other teams and their team counselors as well um, and explain on the counseling side of things what it's like to be an athlete at the college level and what it's like to be an athlete in general, because that was some of the disconnects was they could counsel people, but they weren't understanding like what athletes needed specifically and why they were so focused on the sport. It's just a sport. And I was like, the sport is more than just a sport for them. This is their life. Um, and so just kind of going through all of those steps, it feels like um, I've had so many people behind me supporting me that I've been able to grow the program in ways that it probably wouldn't have if I hadn't had the belief and support and just the platform to get started um, in the first place. And my supervisor in a clinic, instead of her 
like micromanaging my internship for vision and call she was like let's see how far this dream can go how do you want to make this dream a reality um and so that was I think that was one of the biggest reasons it's gotten to where it's at now well the vision and call internship was last year mm -hmm. and then you in your in your dream was hey I want to make this a permanent program for Bushnell Athletics. So tell me a little bit about uh, that process. Who did you approach first? Was it was it Corey Anderson and Sarah in athletics? Was it your your department chair? Uh, and then and how did you what are the steps you had to go through to get that permanent funding? It was a lot of meetings. Um, Sarah and Corey have had my back from the beginning when I started it. Um, they were like, this is amazing. Like, thank you so much. Like, this is so cool. Um, of course we wanna keep it. It's just a matter of where we're gonna keep it. So I met with quite a few people. Um, met with Michael Fuller first, just kind of to ask like, hey, where do I go to ask for this funding? Um, and then we had people shift around position wise and um, started, so I guess to start from the top, I spoke to Corey and Sarah. I was like, this is my dream idea. Went to my supervisor and I was like, I want to make this a reality. Went to one of our business professors and said, can you help me make like a business portfolio? Like, how is this supposed to look if I want to present this to somebody um, outside of the school who didn't know it and would like to start a program like this? And then from there, my uh, supervisor got me into contact with our, I believe her, she's got a really long title now, <laughs> but it's like student, she's like the vice president of student academic affairs and she oversees athletics as well. And so she was like my final person that I went to and it was just like, okay, this is really nerve wracking. And then we all had to meet at once. Um, and it was a lot of waiting and I didn't know till like mid summer that the program was going to go through and that they had a coordinating position open for me. So tell me your, give me a, a sense of how you felt when you got that call. <laughs> well, uh, I was, I, I think proud. Um, it, <laughs> I'm really hard on myself. And so to be proud of myself, it takes a lot. Um, but I think I was proud in that moment. It was one of those uh, kind of life-changing moments where I was like, dang, I, I could do this and I did do this. Um, and then it was like an instant instinct of like, how much further can I take this? Like, how much further can I push this? And um, so that's what I'm working on now. It was like a good, great, this is awesome moment. And then, okay, what's next? <laughs> typical athlete uh, that athlete came out in you right absolutely <laughs> the competitive side well sam having been on a on a college campus for a number of years uh, the fact that you brought a program from an idea level all the way to a funding level is really amazing and in particular on a small campus because everyone's battling for limited resources so you, you really should be very proud of yourself congratulations Thank you. I appreciate that. So kind of throughout all of this, you're you're a top academic student in your program. You're starting your grad program. You're playing softball. You're developing a counseling program for 
your entire athletic department. Throughout all of this, you get nominated for the Cascade Conference Female Champions of Character Award in for what would have been 21-22. And you win that. Uh, and and uh, that's voted on by our athletic directors. So again, another great honor. We have, as you can imagine, every year, we have tremendous uh, nominees for that award, and you were selected from that group. And so not only that, but then you were our nominee for the National Dr. Leroy Walker Champion of Character Award, and you won that, all based upon your counseling program and and this endeavor. So first of all, um, tell me what you thought when you won the conference award and then what did you think when you won the national award? Well, I made, I got Nick a little bit upset because he kept trying to get a hold of me and I wasn't answering my phone. I think I was taking a nap and he finally got a hold of me and he was like, you need to answer your phone. And he told me that I got the Cascade award and I was like, that is so cool, but I didn't really grasp or understand what it was. I was like, is it similar to like an academic award and stuff? And so I had to like research it. And then my dad got into researching it and he was crying because he was proud and all excited. And then the nomination came out that I was nominated for the uh, Dr. Leroy Walker Award. And um, that was a little bit of shock to me. And I actually had a conversation with my dad because I was just like, why me? Um, like, there's so many athletes, like, why me? And um, my dad just told me not to take away God's blessing and um, to just, like, really hold on to that blessing and understand, like, wow, this is an amazing opportunity and just say thank you um, and just walk through it in humility um, my dad has lots of great life lessons, um, but so I really just kind of had to sit with it for a bit because I just kept feeling like, why me? There's so many other athletes, and but then I was like, oh, well, it's just a nomination. You don't know if you'll get it, and because I didn't want to get my hopes up either, um, and then Nick called me like 7 a.m. on September 15th last year, and he said, you got it, and I think I started crying. Um, I was just so shocked because, again, I was just like, this is so surreal. Like, what? <laughs> this, is, this is amazing. Um, and then I was getting emails of, like, you're going to go to New Orleans and uh, Louisiana. And I was just shocked because I was like, oh, my gosh, like, this is real. This is actually happening. And um, I think that that feeling of um, – I was proud of myself again um, and just like my dad kept reminding me like you work so hard and you don't do it for the accolades but that's exactly like what this is is it's like look this is like God saying like good job my good and faithful servant and it's still hard for me sometimes like I don't I don't like talking about myself um, and so it's I think those emotions were just so raw and um even now it like gets me a little bit emotional because I'm just like, uh, they saw something in me that I didn't even see in me. Um, and it's, that's very powerful, I think, um, especially because of what the award means and um, what it stands for. Uh, that meant like, there's no words to describe that of um, 
like you saw me as a person and not just an athlete and who like what I stood for as a person and so, so um yeah that was that was a big one uh for me another life-changing moment where I was like wow that's this is huge well, and we had an opportunity to celebrate with you at the awards banquet at the National Convention, which was fantastic. I, I think, if I remember correctly, you flew all night because you were in a softball game. Uh, so you and your folks flew all night. Uh, and then you were, you were leaving shortly after that, I think, to, to head back. Um, but uh, you got to enjoy that day with, uh, with Corey and with Sarah and your mm -hmm. folks and other people from the conference. And, and again, so that was, that was based off of your, your internship and the work that you did off of that. Mm -hmm. Well, fast forward to 22-23, and you were nominated again by your school for the female champion of character, uh, not only for the, your past work of your internship, but really for what you did last year in bringing the program to fruition and having it and having it permanent. And uh, lo and behold, the AD, you won it again, first time ever, back to back champion of character winner. So, yeah. what was that call like when you got it? <laughs> well my coaches and the athletic directors think it's funny to tell everybody what they're getting except for me I guess and so I was sitting there and I was just like like first just at the school and I was like I don't even know what I'm getting like maybe it's just like a good job or you're old you made it through and um I the champion of character uh came up again and I was like there's no way and it was just like this feeling of like unbelief of like, holy cow. And then um, when the CCC announced that I was chosen for the female champion of character again, I was just like, oh my gosh. And, um, and then just to be represent, to represent the CCC again, I was like, this is just, it, it just feels like a huge honor. Um, and again, like the word unbelievable comes to mind of like, oh my gosh, like, this is like this this now that I especially now that I know just what this award means it like I think it hits me so much harder almost like twice as hard as it did last year um and so it's just it's amazing um unbelievable upsword well again it's the the only time so far in our history where we've had uh someone win the award twice much less back to back uh and but again what you did is so transformative for your your athletic department. It you know definitely definitely uh, deserves to be celebrated, and and I think uh, the panel who voted on that recognized how how special that was that you took it from really point A uh, to a real uh, even an expanded point B, if you will. Thank you. So Sam, what's what's next? You're you're in your grad program. Uh, I'm assuming maybe grad school. Will you graduate this coming May with with your master's degree? I will. So funny enough, I actually accelerated the program. We're supposed to finish in two and a half to three years, and I was like, I can do it in two. Um, and so I, I'm graduating in May. The rest of my cohort is going to graduate in. August, maybe um, December. And so 
Opus. I graduate in May. I'm currently just getting my internship hours and really uh, kind of like grinding, pedal to the metal. Um, hopefully, I can open my own private practice after I graduate. I've got the whole plan drawn up and I'm super excited about it. Um, planning to start on telehealth and then eventually get a place of my own. Um, and then I want to incorporate the student athlete mental health counseling program as part of my business model and business plan. Um, and then potentially travel to schools and help them develop and implement one um, in their in their schools. Uh, I have these like dreams about just almost being like a fly in their ear and being like super annoying until they do it. Um, but that's something that I'm super passionate about. Um, I'd like to work with athletes in my private practice and um, just I want to get licensed in multiple states as well. So right now I'm looking at Washington, Oregon, and Idaho, um, work with multiple athletes. And then, uh, like I mentioned, I'd like to work with families and um, with children who might be struggling with any type of behavioral issues and uh, work in cognitive behavioral therapy. Um, but that's like the next step. I'm coaching. I like to coach still. So I uh, coach I coached a 16U team last summer and I'm coaching a 14U team now. Um, I've had a couple people ask if I would come and coach at high schools, And um, so I'm looking at that, but my dad really wants me to coach with him. And so I think the biggest thing I'm trying to decide right now is if I'm going to stay in Oregon a little bit longer or if I'm going to move back to Washington. Sounds like you're going to have plenty of options. Yes. <laughs> Well, Sam, I, I can't thank you enough for taking some time and, and coming on the podcast. You know, what you have done uh, athletically is one thing, but what you have done academically and then in service to your school, to the conference, and to the NAIA is really remarkable, and we just uh, applaud, applaud you. Thank you so much, Rob. I appreciate it. Well, we want to thank Samantha Silver for joining us on our podcast, and uh, we will be back next week with another episode. On behalf of director Courtney Blummer and host Robert Cashel, thanks for tuning in to Cascade Connects, the official podcast to the Cascade Collegiate Conference, 15 championships, and over 3,000 student-athletes. This is the CCC.